Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights a breakdown of VGK's final media gathering of the season. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco, and you could follow us at Lockdown VGK or me at Tony Dasco on Twitter. He is Chris Golick, and he can be found at TD Chris G on Twitter. We thank you for making Lockdown Golden Knights your first listen every day. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. A three-part show today, three periods. And today we examine and dissect what Kelly McCrimmon, Pete DeBoer, and some of the VGK players had to say yesterday at the final media availability of the season. Chris, this is like a Shakespearean three-part trilogy. And some of the themes were lacking identity, the lack of physicality, and this system needs to be retooled. Go back to the podcast in October when I was talking about that. So part one, Chris Kelly McCrimmon, he pretty much was on the defensive, said VGK came into the season, a season of high expectations. He said that the team got to camp and they never got to full health. Oh, boy. Injuries were his main narrative. He said that you are tired of hearing about it. I'm tired of talking about it. He said it was the overarching issue that dominated this past season. No doubt, Tony. And just uh, it, the the final presser was about what it was expected to be. The players at one point kind of seemed like a broken record. The questions were what happened. And, you know, we'll get into that later. My three biggest takeaways from yesterday, injuries and the fact that they can't be ignored. Okay, fine. I'm not <laughs> right. Ignoring them. Okay, moving on. The second biggest thing was identity. And then the third biggest thing was physicality. And I'm sure we'll break that down a little bit deeper as we go. Um, But some of the players you got a lot of honesty from and McCrimmon, he was on the defensive, but it was very odd. Like it seemed like everything was all done. And then he brings up the dysfunction and uh, he just got backed into a corner. Yeah, so that came at the very end of the press conference, right? That's correct. It came at the end. It seemed like uh, he was about to go, and then he just comes in. We want to talk about the dysfunction. And then here comes the comments about Pacioretty, stuff that we brought up about, about 10, 12 days ago about chemistry on and off the ice. Um, Robin Leonard and the surgery. It, it was very, very, very strange what McCrimmon said. So the questions were, why did Robin have to back up after the comment he made about needing surgery? And McCrimmon's response was because of cap situation to get carry on the ice. So then the various personnel that were in attendance started asking all these I would say mid to advanced questions about the cap and couldn't you use an emergency situation? Couldn't you try this clause and that clause? And at one point McCrimmon, you know, po- politician himself says, you just have to trust me. It's like, 
Okay. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And why? And why? When he said that, I about fell out of my chair. Well, I fell out of my chair about three or four times, and you were probably loaded drunk because they mentioned injuries a number of times. And he said the last 35 games, there were 500 team injuries were harder to deal with in the second half of the season because players are on the ice too much. And then, you know, that Robin Leonard situation, uh, just, you know, again, Leonard, by the way, is having shoulder surgery today. Laurent Brossois is having some sort of a surgical procedure. And, you know, to, to me, it was just a fact of um, he just backed himself into the corner, right, into a corner each and every time. He, he, when he got to the Leonard situation, it got so bizarre because he didn't even know, you know, the lies that he might have told or what he was trying to do to cover up some of the uh, parts of that situation. Leonard, February 8th, injured in Calgary, missed three weeks. Uh, you know, he said that Pete was, uh, DeBoer was scrutinized for not telling the truth on the Leonard situation, but every day it changed. He said it's not a conspiracy. When he said, trust me, when he said, trust me, there is so little trust, uh, you know, around Kelly McCrimmon and around this VGK organization. Why should we trust him? Why should we trust him? And then, yeah, and, and, and to your point, you know, he just said that they had to get Carrier back on the ice. And he said Robin Leonard needed to be available for Carrier to come off of the LTIR uh, for that Sunday game. Why? Why? Do you know why? Because I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, no, I, I definitely don't know why. I know we're under 10 games left in the regular season at that point, so you cannot move a player to LTIR and get any type of cap relief. Um, I know there's all sorts of clauses. And, I mean, Tony, who should know this any any better than, Golden, than the Golden Knights? I mean, of all the things we're going to scrutinize them for, playing up against the cap and and such that's one thing that they probably have mastered so maybe there is some clause buried 65 pages deep in whatever the salary cap uh salary cap rules are i don't understand how having a five and a half million dollar player on the roster means you can also have will carrier and his cap on the roster no i i don't necessarily trust what mccrimmon is saying there it is hard to trust him. Yesterday, Tony, I did bring up that I don't have a problem with the team, you know, being a little, a little close to the vest about things and not explaining everything. We don't need a full explanation when it comes to why things happen within the team, why things happen with the salary cap and all that stuff. There's all these games that go on. But this is the time of the season to break the barriers down a little bit and just come across a little more human. I thought most of the players, um, I thought Pete DeBoer, I thought they came across very genuine, very, it was just a good conversation, conversation atmosphere, given an absolutely terrible situation. Um, make up one, whatever excuse you want at this point. But McCrimmon you know, he came across as just not pleasant to talk to and interact with. And that that's not what VGK fans want right now. And, you know, the thing that really got to me, though, was Kelly McCrimmon said after he went back in the history of the organization, or as he says, organization, he went back, you know, through, through history. He also says here. carrier. <laughs> he calls him carrier. Yes, he sure does. And then, you know, so he said after that first season, 
they figured out that that model that they had with the players and the misfits and the outcast and all of that was not going to be sustainable. And then by the same token said that the VGK does not go after every shiny new toy. Heck they don't. (laughs) They've gone after every single stinking shiny new toy. And there was no admission, Chris of salary cap issues. And he did at one point say that the salary cap kept this team relevant. I'm just wondering what all that means. And, He just was tap dancing around a lot of the questions. Maybe he should have just, you know, said a statement and left it at that and not taken any questions and zipped (laughs) zipped off. Because like what he was saying, he was just tap dancing. And a lot of it did not make any sense at all. No doubt. No doubt. Um, VGK does go after the shiny new toys. There's no doubt about that. Starting with uh, Tomas Tatar and uh, everything that happened after that. One thing that I don't understand is how can a brand new team who makes the Stanley Cup final in season one, I don't understand the comment of saying that is not a sustainable model. VGK went out and they got at the time what felt like a lot of low level second, you know, line two, mid level line three type players and create a team around that. You know, at the time, the, the Misfits line, Carlson, March, so Riley Smith, that felt like a high level line three, a mid-level line two, as far as an average talent roster goes. They had the physicality. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, they had a solid core on defense, not as good as it is now, in my opinion, but a solid enough core. And, Hey, we made it to the Stanley Cup final. Okay, this isn't going to work again. How's that not sustainable? <laughs> if, they, if the teams and they to had make cap it, space, Tony, they had cap space, right? Then maybe that's what he meant, you know, by by saying that, you know. And he just uh, he said again and again, you can't look past the injuries, as you had mentioned. Uh, you're going to hear a lot on today's episode about systems, and I felt, and we'll talk about this later on, Chris. I felt that a lot of the players are fed up with the Pete DeBoer system. And by the way, McCrimmon said that he will sit down with Pete DeBoer later this week to discuss his future. He said that he did a great job early in the year to keep VGK relevant, loves that word relevant. He said he's an intelligent coach. He does a good job. But I have the feeling that DeBoer is still not out of the woods yet. I still feel that he is still on the hot seat and it's getting a lot warmer. And I'll tell you what, I think McCrimmon, is going to truly like lash out at Pete DeBoer. I don't think that's going to be one of those meetings uh, that's going to be very kind. And, you know, and they lost all those physicality battles. How many times, Chris, do we have to say BGK was out hit last night? BGK was out hit last night. You know, he said if he said if the, the team were healthy, that no one would ask the question about physicality. This team, even at full strength, who is going to be that physical force? You tell me. So I watched a good chunk of the Rangers and Penguins. I watched about. You have to bring that up. Well, I I do. And I know that's a painful one for you. I watched about a game and I watched about a game and a half of it. So, I mean, three overtimes, best time of year for for uh, sports as far as hockey playoffs goes. Uh, I'll beat that drum until uh, until my hands are tired. But 
Let's let's talk about Ryan Reeves for a second. I am not a Ryan Reeves truther by any means. I believe the roster is better off without him. But I will concede ESPN starts off when they first start showing the players. Who do they show? Firing F-bomb after F-bomb, of course. But they show Ryan Reeves pumping up uh, the team in the tunnel. And they all kind of wait for him to do whatever his shout was to pump him up. Then they come charging down the tunnel. Early on, there's a player in the corner. The crowd is yelling Reeves right before he, he hits him. And ESPN made a point to talk about Gallant and Gallant's feelings towards someone like Ryan Reeves and saying how Ryan Reeves is beyond the stats as far as the way he should be measured as its contributions to the team. And you know what, Tony? I saw it firsthand last night. He ignites the crowd. He is a leader off the ice. And this might be the first time, Tony, that I'm coming around and saying the team does miss Ryan Reeves. And that's something I probably have not said since the start of this season or when they shipped him out last year. The team misses Ryan Reeves or a presence like Ryan Reeves. And I'm walking back my comments I've been making on social media to people about, you know, I'd much rather have a Keegan Cole star in the lineup and stuff like that. I mean, it's uh, wild times we're in, wild times we're in. Yeah, and then, you know, the other thing that uh, McCrimmon said was that the team needs to draw more penalties to get more power play opportunities, which makes little or no sense because they decline, decline Ovechkin, decline the like, <laughs> pulling Ovechkin and just decline them. You know, he said that, he, that they didn't have enough chances over a few games to establish a rhythm on the power play. This is just, it's getting more and more bizarre. Coming up next, we will break down what Pete DeBoer said, what he had to say at yesterday's media gathering. You are listening to Lockdown Golden Knights. What is HelloFresh? Well, with HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip all those trips to the grocery store. Count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it is America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh has fit and wholesome recipes. They satisfy and they're very full of uh, nutrition. All of these meals that you could feel good about with six recipes per week that you could choose from, including low calorie and carb conscious options. HelloFresh offers the flexibility that you need to easily customize your order online or in the app. Easily change your delivery day, for instance, your food preferences, your plant size. You can even skip a week whenever you need to. And HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from each and every week. They include veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly and gourmet options, providing plenty of variety. Myself and Chris, we are always on the run. We have to grab food fast. And HelloFresh is the best thing going. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. Use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16. Make sure that you use the code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Welcome back. Thanks for listening. And uh, again, thanks for making us your first listen right here on Locked On Golden Knights. 
It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. And it's Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And I'm just, I can't even get some of these words out of my mouth because I, it was just, you talk about this function. When DeBoer and McCrimmon spoke, it was total dysfunction. But Pete DeBoer was anything but Peter the, the Boring, as the uh, folks up in Canada call him on the radio. Uh, in, in the season-ending press conference, he even said that he would stay and entertain more questions because he has nothing to do for the next four months. But he said he wants to come back next season. He has one year remaining on his contract. Um, you know, and Pete, you screwed up the drinking game by not mentioning injuries per se. He called injuries compromises. So I, I lost it, though. You know, when Pete said VGK is a four-line team, I lost it when he said it's no surprise that there was friction down the stretch. Coaches and players, players and players pushing people to max out. And then, oh, yeah, we're getting along just fine. No, there was friction, and we could see it. We could feel it. I think, and again, we'll get more into the players, but uh, Mark Stone made a comment about a lot of heated moments in the locker room and stuff like that. So, yes, there was friction. And back to DeBoer. DeBoer, I felt, gave a good conversation-like uh, presser, if you will, given the circumstances. He came across as human. In my opinion, he came across as likable and showed some personality. I chuckled at the comments, you know, when he offered to stay longer because he had nothing to do for four months. But if I'm someone like uh, Foley writing a $90 million payroll check, you know, and I hear that comment, if I'm watching this, I don't know how funny that is. Like, I understand why DeBoer is doing that at that moment, but, you know, I don't know. Um, DeBoer definitely walked back the comments about um, Robin Leonard and being healthy. He said, that's on me, not a word that I should have used. I regret using that term. Basically, he equates healthy to being able to get out there and play. He even went a step farther. And, you know, someone asked about should Robin Leonard have been playing? Was he healthy enough to actually play, knowing what we know now? And DeBoer said, listen, if he tricked me into getting out there, that shows how bad Robin wanted to be out there and playing. I mean, you got all these doctors, you have all this money spent on that aspect of the team. I get why Robin Leonard wants to compete. Everyone wants to compete and be out there, whether you're a peewee, you know, first time player, you want to be on the ice or a professional, anything in between. But if someone is not good enough to go, like you don't just go overnight from I'm ready, coach, put me in there too. I need season ending surgery to fix X, Y, Z. And that's part of the dysfunction that I believe we are all alluding to. I get we're going to be left out of the loop on a lot of things, but the players, coaches, general managers, they all need to be on the same page. And what we learned a lot yesterday is everyone is far from on the same page from the, the stuff that they're spewing right now. Yeah, and then, uh, you know, DeBoer had uh, mentioned that he's only pulled a goalie this past season four times. Four times. Yeah, four times. And uh, we saw, you know, that Washington game, um, it was really difficult. Um, he knows the capabilities of Robin Leonard, uh, but he, again, he didn't know to what extent uh, Leonard's injuries were. You know, I, I blame a lot of this, though, on VGK. 
because again, by uh, on one token, yes, he needs to have season-ending surgery. And on the other hand, they're talking about how they need it to get William Carrier, Carrier back on the ice. We have to call him Carrier from now on. <laughs> uh, they have awesome. to get they have to get William Carrier back on the ice, you know, due to the LTIR and that whole, you know, everything that goes into that and all the policies and what a joke. I mean, like, you know, there's there's no doubt he said about Robin Leonard's ability. And uh, he just said that they thought that they might have been duped a little bit. He said a lot of players do have injuries, nagging injuries and whatever. But Robin Leonard felt that he could play. And on the Saturday, they tell the you know front office that Leonard is going to need the doctors say that he's going to need the season ending surgery. And that's on a Saturday. On Sunday, he's the backup goalie. Yeah, I mean, I just wonder, uh, McCrimmon got in there a little bit about, about that aspect. And again, when McCrimmon was just trying to walk everything back and trying to make sense out of the stuff he was saying, and the comment was something along the lines of the surgery would, he would need this either way. So maybe it was the type of injury where sure you can get out there and play and have some discomfort and you're not going to do any more damage. Maybe that's what he's getting at. I don't know. I mean, at that point of the season, let's just say LT goes down, something happens during the game. You're going to put Robin Leonard in there at 50, 55, 60% health at that point. Like, are we at, we were a heartbeat away from needing an emergency goaltender in a pivotal game pivotal game where we are trying to find a way to kick and scratch and claw get into the playoffs and all this is happening it's very hard to understand yeah and you know um, uh, a couple other points about what DeBoer was ahead. saying he is what's that go ahead no, go go ahead. I'm I got sorry. You, you just uh, no, you're fine. cut out for a second. No, oh, no worries. Continue. I understand. Um, so comments about he'd much rather be a cap team. He's been on on uh, teams that you know are far from the cap, and he'd much rather be on a cap team. I understand the comments, but that's just a little more of how McCrimmon, oh, no issues with the cap. We're, you know, we're no trouble there. But DeBoer's kind of saying we're right up against the cap. Like I, I get both sides but man that's uh, just another another big piece of wood into this already out of control uh fire with uh gasoline being poured on by uh by uh hundreds of people right now trying to figure this thing out yeah and i get some of you know the comments like mccrimmon had said uh, about the jammed up schedule i understand that 109 games this everyone's team played in in 2021 uh, everyone's what, got that schedule yeah, but what they did not point out was look well, at the so break. Everyone's got that schedule. Yes, but Chris, look at the break that VGK got in the month of February mm-hmm. when all these teams had to make up all those COVID games. He never mentioned that. Just be fair and balanced for crying out loud. And then there was a few breaks work. like that. There yeah, was a few long breaks in the season. Yeah, for sure. They had remember we were like they need to play regularly scheduled games because this team doesn't have the you know rhythm. any rhythm, right? There's no pattern. Uh, for this team. Uh, again, Pete DeBoer said that they might be tweaking some of the systems, said that that's not a problem. He defended special teams, which I don't think there's any defense. He said, we'll go back and do an autopsy with analytics in that whole department. 
Um, just some of the stuff was just flat out bizarre. And again, even DeBoer, yes, he was the most transparent, but he wasn't 100% transparent or honest about what was going on with his team. And I think he's going to be under fire when they have that meeting. I don't know if he survives still. I still don't think he's – he might not survive because McCrimmon said, yeah, he did a great job of coaching in the first half of the season, but not in the second half. Man, th- th- this evaluation is going to be something else. McCrimmon survives. We've seen that. He survives. Okay, good old boy network. Does Pete DeBoer survive after everything was laid out there in the court of law yesterday? I'm very curious how Foley goes through an evaluation process. Last couple of seasons, you know, Stanley Cup final, losing game seven and, you know, two trips to the conference finals. So now not making the playoffs. So if I'm Foley, the questions I'm asking myself, do I like the trajectory that this team is on in general? That's more of evaluating McPhee and the roster as a whole, looking at a three and a five and maybe even as deep in like a 10 year plan. Then you go a step farther. Or do I like the roster composition of this current year? Was the team deep enough to handle unexpected injuries? And then now you go a step farther, you factor the injuries, you factor the standings, you factor where this team was at various points of the seasons various points of the season and when players were returning and the results of those games as the team was coming back to full health. So basically, uh, you know, stuff rolls downhill, as they say, right? It rolls downhill. And I think when you reach DeBoer, if you're going to check all the boxes, you like where the team is heading. You felt the roster was good enough to compete given all the craziness that happened. And I will say this again. The team competed for the division lead relatively comfortably in the playoffs. And as players were coming back to full health, when they kind of slid out of, out of the comfort zone where they were looking, where they are on the outside looking in multiple times with the most healthy roster we had this season, at least from what we think, the way this presser went, who knows how healthy they they right. really were, starting with Leonard, of course. A lot of them were compromised, you know. Com- and and that's fair. I mean, 500-plus man games lost. We, we heard that a lot yesterday. But if you're going to blame one individual, I think the buck does stop with DeBoer. And it pains me to say that because I did not enjoy McCrimmon yesterday. I just did not enjoy it. And I get that he's got to be coy about things and stuff, but DeBoer at least came across with personality, approachable, someone you could have a relatively honest conversation, as honest as a coach is able to be. But I think DeBoer is going to be the fallouts. Um, they might do something small, like maybe they'll look closer at the assistants, but assistants are gone. One, I'll say over under one and a half. Assistance gone. If he stays, he's I mean, going to have to get be, rid of it's, his It's going to be one or – it's either going to be all of them. Yeah, but once you take a coach's primary assistant or assistance out, Craig and McGill are not his primary. They're not his guys. They've okay, been here. So, over, so it could one. be those two, one and a half. That's all. I would, yeah, no, that, that that's a good line, Tony, is a short version of what I'm trying to say. I think Spot stays because that's his guy. That's his guy. DeBoer is not going to want to train – another assistant, a primary assistant who knows 
his system as good. You can work with other assistants who are responsible for other moving pieces. Um, if they try and go after spot, I think DeBoer says, listen, just let, let, let's take, rip the bandaid off now and let's both move forward. Who knows? But if one piece of this is going to go, I'll handicap DeBoer at being a coin flip. And I would put a greater, um, a greater odds, if you will, on, uh, on the assistants, McGill and Craig uh, being shown the door. Stay with us. Coming up next, VGK players outing Pete DeBoer's system. You don't want to miss that. I thought so. On Lockdown Golden Knights. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on all of your family vacations. Throw them in your bags. Throw them in your kids' backpacks, wherever, wherever you can find some space. Make sure that everyone has a bar so that you are fueled for the summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars they're healthy, they're delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bars, you can have both, and it is really easy because all you have to do is go to built.com and you can order right now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. And that means with Built Bar, you can eat healthy, you can actually enjoy doing so. And then those Built Bar Puffs, they are so good. We are going crazy for the Puffs. And they come in some great flavors, banana cream pie, and even churro. Who doesn't want a a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories, and you should sign up right now. I like the mixed box. It comes with 12 flavors of um, Built Bars, and it also comes with puffs. Built Bar is definitely something for everyone. And uh, again, most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off of your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. Welcome back to Lockdown Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick, and we are in Las Vegas. Chris, to me, VGK players, through Pete DeBoer under the bus repeatedly, sometimes subtly, sometimes not so subtle. And a few blamed the system and said that it lacked creativity. What we've been saying all along the other day, just this week, we were, start, we were talking about the pre, uh, predictability of Peter DeBoer's systems. So what happens now? What does happen now, Tony? I mean... DeBoer inherited a team that was a four-line team with an energy line. And one of the biggest things we did learn from, I mean, let's start with Alec Martinez. Alec Martinez, I think, described it perfectly. When Alec Martinez was a member of the Kings, when he visited T-Mobile, his expectation was in the first period, someone was going to hit him into the first row of the seats and he would be eating someone's nachos. That's what Alec Martinez said. That was his That was my favorite quote, by the way. Yeah, me me too. I mean, it was a perfect quote, and many, many other players alluded to physicality. And I was interacting with uh, someone on Twitter last night, and they asked us on our lockdown lockdown handle if DeBoer can embrace a physical nature with speed. And my response was, how many times did DeBoer start line four? when he came to the team. 
he DeBoer loved Ryan Reeves. I don't, uh, I'm still torn on my overall feelings about Reeves based on how I started today's show. I, I love Reeves. And I told you that this team is just too finesse without him. And that's that Tony, that's fair. Based on me watching your, your second favorite team, your beloved Rangers yesterday, based on all of the players physicality, speed, rolling four lines. Well, physicality comes basically from not only line four, but when line four is out there, you expect them to finish checks much more than line one is going to. And physicality is Ryan Reeves or a player like Ryan Reeves. I love Keegan Colasar. I love his stat line. But Keegan, people don't shout Keegan or Colasar as he's about to line someone up. You know, it's not just about the physicality. It's about having a player that that has that excitement because that excitement radiates to the players on the bench. Yeah. They hear the crowd shouting. It's exciting. It's exciting for everybody. Yeah. And uh, some of the other player reactions, uh, Pacioretty, I think, you know, has been good. I think he's a really good leader. He's becoming more vocal. I said, there's always been friction. There's always friction between the players in the locker room because they're like a family. And he did say, and again, through compromises or injuries or what have you, whatever you're going to call them, uh, that they didn't miss leadership. Okay, that's fair. You know, as you you might say, that definitely fair uh, to stress that leadership was missing uh, through injuries, and that's a key component to the game. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault had opportunities, he said, and they didn't take advantage, and they lost to teams that they should not have lost to. And he said everything starts at practice. So, again, that was a little bit of a red flag because what's going on at practice, right? And then he also said that he hopes that they keep Riley Smith and William Carlson, oh, my goodness. I did not <laughs> want to see him on the podium, okay? But he did have uh... a good point. Yeah, he did have a good point. He said that uh, effort and creativity, um, that's what would make this team more successful and his game as well. He said sometimes you have to let instincts take over and you cannot be afraid to make mistakes. And, yes, VGK, an awful lot this season, was very, very tentative. Again, you go back, and that's a, that's a shot. Shots fired at Pete DeBoer and this system. And since when is Carlson, uh, Carlson rather, a, a gangster? He's talking about his favorite soccer team. Everyone hates them. And he said the mentality is here and there, back in Sweden, us against the MF world. He's, you a know, he's a gangster. He's a gangster now. I mean, this guy has been Vegasized. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was Carlson that made the original comments about we're a bunch of misfits. And at that moment, the Golden Knights became the misfits and put it on the T-shirts. They became the it, MF misfits, brother. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, you know, Carlson makes this comment, and I think – that's not why he may or may not be kept or traded or whatever. But if they do keep him, us against the world, they're already printing the shirts, minus, of course, the MF part. You will see those shirts at T-Mobile. You will see them on rally towels. You will probably see a William Carrier plush doll Carrier. wearing, wearing um, a sleeveless shirt. Maybe he's got like the, the chain on and a cigar hanging out of his mouth. Us against the world. Like that's... Uh, that might be uh, the highlight of next year. You'll see it on the, on the Nitron as the game is starting. And uh, yeah, so 
Maybe uh, maybe someone told him to say that. Maybe a marketing intern said, hey, when you're up there, it'd be really cool if you said this. And Yeah, no, no. He was definitely playing the role. Know, of, was it was fun. I get it. The hat was and on backwards. Us against the world, Tony. Us against the world. Us against the MF yes. world. He's wearing the backward hat. Like, oh, yep. come on, man. Dress up for this. This is the season-ending presser, brother. And he needs to score some goals. <laughs> but, Chris, who was your favorite player uh, yesterday at the season-ending presser? I'm going to go with you, though, and what you stated earlier. I really enjoyed what Alec Martinez had to say. And he said, again, you know, leaving the way, departing the way that they did this season leaves you rather salty. And he's uh, really upset. And maybe they will have something to prove when they return next season to Beach Cape. No doubt. Alec Martinez has a level of honesty to the way he talks. And again, approachable conversation. You know, smile and get a couple one-liners in there, but not overstating the magnitude or understanding the mag- magnitude of the situation. My my number one star yesterday is Alec Martinez with some consideration for Marchie and, uh, and Mark Stone as well was pretty honest about things and kind of gave you a glimpse into what was really happening, I think. Did you uh, think that, uh, too, that Mark Stone has dropped a ton of weight? I mean, he just looks really thin. He cut his hair, Tony. That's what happens when you cut your hair. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. I'm going right. to get a haircut. Uh, totally un- unrelated. Just Okay. In unrelated <laughs> news. Yeah. How drunk were you when they mentioned injuries yesterday? How many shots did you have to take? Was it o- the over-under was 250 for the term injury or injuries? We should have added compromised or compromises. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get another bottle right now. I'm dry. All right. Uh, Coming up uh, later this week, well, tomorrow we're going to have to recap uh, what happens with the Henderson Silver Knights. Cup and two, cup and two. And, uh, yeah, I don't know since when Carlson's become a gangster. And also, I didn't believe McCrimmon. Uh, Pete DeBoer still on the hot seat, even though they let him speak at the presser yesterday. And maybe he knew that something could happen, so we wanted to get everything out there. That's why he used all of his minutes uh, yesterday at the press conference. So stay with us again. We'll be back tomorrow. We thank you all for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day. And uh, again, we will be recapping uh, the playoff action from tonight. And we'll also take a look at the HSK to, on tomorrow's show. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Your hosts are Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone, and they help you to become the expert of your fantasy league. Don't miss it. It is free and available wherever you get your podcast. Once again, we thank you all for tuning in. I'm Tony Cardasco for my man, Chris Golick. We'll see you once again tomorrow right here on Lockdown Golden Knights.